Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, babies in their diapers, welcome to the Tiberius Show with your host, Tiberius Boy! That's me, Tiberius! Today, we're going to talk about some very awesome stuff. We have a video game about Marvel characters defending your phone, a book about dealing with the aftermath of 9-11, we have a totally awesome guest. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing Sean Burke. Sean is the owner of Rock Pit Brewing, so he makes his own beer. That's right, Tiberius. Uh, Rock Pit's a family-friendly venue. Um, kids, dogs, everybody's welcome, but the beer is only for the parents. Mm. Okay, well today, we're going to start off with the video game of the week, and this is going to be a battle. And now it's time for the video game of the week. Today's video game is Marvel Contest of Champions. Well, this is a cell phone game. It was made by Kabam Games, Inc. They have made other games like Disney Mirrorverse and Shop Titans, but today we're going to review Marvel Contest of Champions. This is a very different kind of game. It's a Street Fighter kind. Oh, and the cool part is that you can download this game for free. Alright. Mm-hmm. So first off, I got into the game and it was kind of cool. And there was this button and it said play. And it put me into the game and you have to defeat all of your opponents with a sword. And the first time I played, I won. You earn money for if you beat the person how long you stay alive. And then I played again and after the game I noticed this button called alliance. So I joined an alliance with my dad and we fight random people in the game. Which is really fun. Then you keep playing over and over and over again. When you level up, you'll be allowed to have new characters that you can get by using crystals. You can then equip the person that helps you fight with you. Some of the characters are Hawkeye, Green Goblin, and some of the characters all from Marvel. I got my dad to try it, and he played for a few hours and leveled up higher than I did. Even I got this one character, Wolverine, that heals when you're standing still, which is pretty cool. Well, I give Marvel Contest of Champions 10 out of 10 stars because it was a really fast-paced game, and they don't take all day to play. It was really fun to go against other players, and I think anyone that likes fighting should really play this game. Very cool. It's now time for an interview of an interesting person. Today's guest is going to be so much fun. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing Sean Burke. Sean is the owner of Rock Pit Brewing, so he makes his own beer. Thanks for having me on, Tiberius. Yes, uh, I make beer, but we also have uh, another crew that uh, does most of the brewing of the beer. Okay. So first off, how are you enjoying being on the show? This is incredible. I can't believe the setup you guys have here. This is amazing. Thank you. Okay, so you are listening to someone that makes beer, and we do want to be sure to let the parents out there know that we are not telling kids to buy beer. But, well, why do adults want beer? Well, that's a pretty interesting question. I think that the most popular reason why people like to drink beer is for the socialization aspect of it. And that's kind of why we started Rock Pit, was to have a gathering place where people could come, uh, enjoy the company of good friends, good food, good beer, and good times. Okay. 
Now, we talked about drinking two months ago with another beer maker. So I gotta know, how did you get interested in running a brewing company? Well, make a long story short, it started off with me helping my dad, uh, who was a home brewer at the time, uh, way back when I was 10 years old. And my mom would make wine. And I just got interested in the process. Uh, it's just it's just really cool to see something start out as one thing and then end up as another. And when I got older, I got more interested into the the science aspect of it, the, the physics, chemistry, and biology, because all that comes into play. Uh, a little bit of luck, and uh, then you have beer. Okay. Okay, so how did you learn to make your own beer? Well, I started out as a home brewer with my parents. Uh, I started watching them, and then when I came back to the States, uh, I got tired of the regular American beer like the, the Miller Lights and the, the Milwaukee's Best and that kind of that kind of thing. So I decided to become a home brewer again, and it took me about a year to get the guts to make the purchase to buy all the equipment and everything like that, and it really wasn't that expensive. And I started making beer, and I didn't like anything that I brewed, but all of my friends did. Mm. So okay. I got them to start buying the ingredients for me to bake the beer, and then I got the idea, hey, I should do this for a living. Yeah, that makes sense now. So when did you know that this was what you wanted to do for a living? Well, I originally uh, wanted to start making the plan in 2009 when I had a, an incident happen at the house. My wife and I had just moved into a new house, and I brewed a batch of beer, and went away for dinner for about two hours, came back, and the whole thing had exploded in the hallway, covered the entire hallway from ceiling to floor on all the walls. It looked like a horror scene with stuff just dripping down dripping down the walls. With beer? With beer and foam and yeast and all that stuff. And uh, my wife was walks in, in the hallway in front of me, and I see what she's looking at, and I'm I don't really know what to say, and I start to say something, and she just puts her hand up to stop me from saying anything. She goes, never again. And so we had a discussion about it later on that night, and I said, well, honey, if I can't brew beer in the house anymore, I'm just going to have to start a brewery. She said, whatever you got to do, just don't do it in the house anymore. <laughs> so it's really her fault. Do it outside. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Do it yeah. outside? <laughs> well, a lot of times you can't really um, do it outside where I where I lived at the time. Mm, um, yeah, so inside was well, yeah, that and also depending on your heat source. Um, mm, I didn't have yeah. a burner at the time, so I'd have to do it on the stove. Mm. But yeah, she didn't want it anywhere near the house. Okay, so do you make different kinds of beer, and what makes them different? Yes, we make uh, a wide variety of beers. We have twenty taps uh, at that rock pit right now, and we brew. Everything that you see there. The only thing that we don't brew right now is the cider, which is going to be changing soon. But um, what makes them different? Well, like I said, there's a lot of physics, chemistry, and biology going on. So the primary ingredients are uh, hops, barley, water, and yeast. So you change any one of those four things, and you can get a completely different beer. Like they have different yeasts that can make uh, lagers and ales, and then they can make each one of those different, each one of those uh, types, uh, many different flavors, and yeah, sure. yeah, it's just it's just incredible with the different grain bills that you can have, and the different yeast, and the different water profiles, and the way you ferment it, just unlimited possibilities. Yeah. So, what's the hardest beer to make, and why? What is the hardest beer to make? Well, chocolate beer. Chocolate beer, yeah. Chocolate beer is great, actually. We make a pretty good one. Um, I think the hardest beer to make is a really 
crisp lager, one that is just superior in aroma and flavor because um, it's really easy for a lot of things to go wrong with that one and to dial that in to make it to make it perfect to style that's pretty tough a lot of the other beer styles you can kind of goof on goof up on a couple different things and it'll still come out really good um, but it's hard to hide any type of mistake in a really fine crisp lager yeah okay so are there any rules about how to make beer or can you add anything you uh, American style, yes. So uh, there's a um, a term called Reinheitsgebot, which is German for it's a purity law in Germany where you can only have the four ingredients that I listed, which was uh, water, yeast, uh, barley, and um, hops. So the um, the way we do it here in the states, we kind of we have a lot of uh, uh, discretion about what we can put in there. So we can take a beer and we can put fruit in it. We can put spices in it. We can do all kinds of things. We make a, a, a ghost pepper and habanero uh, spice lager. We make, you know, um, a mango sour, all kinds of things. Okay. Well, I heard that kids should not drink beer because it might be dangerous for them. But why is it not dangerous for the parents? Well, technically it can be dangerous for their parents too. So it is correct that um, kids should not be drinking uh, alcohol because – uh, at the stage of life when you're biologically younger and your body's still uh, coming into maturity, um, alcohol can disrupt a, a number of those biological functions and it can disrupt your brain development. Um, so the idea is that as you get when you get older, uh, you have the legal limit at, at 21 right now, that uh, you're pretty much at the point where you're going to be developed physically and um, you have a little bit of better cognitive reasoning, so you're not going to do dumb things, which we all know is not entirely true, depending on how much alcohol you can drink. Um, yeah. So uh, it's it's really it's really all about the um, the effect that that alcohol can have on your body when you're growing up. That's why we don't let kids do it. Mm. Now I know a lot of parents are going to be worried about the subject. So how do you suggest that they talk to their kids about beer and drinking? That's a really good question. I think the first thing that parents should do is uh, set a good example by not overindulging and uh, just being responsible drinkers themselves. And the next thing they do is just be uh, open and honest with the kids about um, the effects that it has on you and what uh, what dangers it has and how you can get into uh, dangerous situations if you, if you drink too much. Um, honesty is the best policy with that. Okay. Now, I know beer is illegal for kids, but I've heard of non-alcoholic beer. I know the alcohol is a bad part. Do you think it's okay for kids to drink a non-alcoholic beer so that they can look like their dad? Uh, I, you know, I have uh, four kids, and uh, it's always important for, for me as a dad for my kids to want to be like me. Now, you know, as a human being, we are fallible, right? So we do things that we don't necessarily want our kids to, to do. We want them to make their own mistakes, not the same ones that we made. But as far as non-alcoholic beer goes, there's, there's a couple of things about that. So uh, non-alcoholic beer doesn't necessarily mean no alcohol. Really? Uh, non-alcoholic beer can be um, – it's non considered non-alcoholic when it's less than one-half of 1% alcohol in there. So there's still some alcohol in there. Uh, in the process of brewing beer, uh, it creates alcohol, and there's ways that you can remove that and mitigate that. But in general, um, there's still going to be a little bit of alcohol in there. And they have what's called alcohol-free beer, which is a little bit different than non-alcoholic beer. And that's where there's no alcohol in it whatsoever. And they have to go through a filtration process and a couple different other um, 
processes to get all of the alcohol out of there for it to be a true alcohol-free beer. Okay. Now, when I'm out with my dad, I will get a Rob Roy, which looks like the drinks my dad has, but does not have alcohol. How is that different from a non-alcoholic beer? Well, um, in terms of just looking like what what you're doing uh, with your dad, not much at all. But as far as the non-alcoholic beer, like I said again, non-alcoholic can mean anywhere um, underneath uh, one half of 1% uh, alcohol. Okay. Now... Do you need a lot of training to be able to run a brewing company? Well, I didn't have any uh, formal training to uh, run a brewery, but I had uh, a lot of experience in brewing beer, and I've got a lot of experience in running companies. So I kind of put those two together, uh, and so far we've been doing pretty good. But, yes, you probably should get some uh, business experience before you go out and, and open up a brewery. Okay. So what's the best part about making your own beer? The best part about making our own beer is really, I'd have to say it's the people who come to enjoy it with us. Um, the reason why we started Rock Pit was to have uh, a great venue for people to come and just hang out, have some good food, good beer, good times. Uh, we have music, we have different events, and I've gotten to know hundreds of great people that I would would have not met anywhere else uh, had I not done this. So it's it's the people, that's the best part about it. Okay. So do you have to serve all the beer you make, or do you sell it to stores? Right now, we uh, serve all the beer we make. Um, like I said, we have 20 taps. We have a five-barrel tap, uh, five-barrel brew house, and uh, we're brewing constantly to keep up with the demand that's in, in the uh, tap room. Wow. We are getting a bigger system. We're going to 15-barrel system, and we will have enough capacity then to actually put it out into stores. So you're, you're going to be seeing that pretty soon from us. Okay. So what's the hardest part about running a brewery? I'd have to say it was making sure that we are providing something new and interesting for our customers all the time, keeping everything fresh. Okay. So how long does it make to make a batch of beer? Depending on the beer style, it can run anywhere from two weeks to a month. And then if we barrel age things, it might not be ready for a year. Whoa. Yeah. Jeez. We put we can put uh, generally darker beers like your stouts. Uh, those will go into yeah. the oak barrels. We generally get um, used whiskey barrels, and we put it in there. And we let it age, mm. and it just keeps getting better and better as the months go on. Okay. And then uh, we bottle it. Wow. So what happens if it does not taste good? Can you fix it, or do you have to throw it all away? That's a great question. Um, one of the things that we decided when we opened Rock Pit was that if we ever had a batch of beer that didn't meet uh, the goal of what we were trying to achieve with that beer, that uh, we would just toss it. Now, it's expensive to make a batch of beer and to throw it all away is uh, pretty depressing. Yeah. But if you're going to serve a beer that did not turn out well, your customers are going to know and then you're going to get a reputation of serving bad beer. So generally, we just toss it. Okay. So what's the craziest thing that's happened while you're doing your passion? The craziest thing that happened while I was doing my passion. That would have to be when someone asked if they could get married in the brewery. And we had a wedding there. What? Yep. It was, it was kind of crazy. They had actually met there. 
Whoa. And um, they decided they wanted to get married there too. So we had this funny impromptu wedding and the patrons didn't know. We had a bunch of customers in there at the time. And actually the uh, the groom didn't know that that's where they were going to get married. <laughs> and so they came there and... It was just—it was funny. They had a bunch of guests. Actually, the groom and the bride knew. It was the guests they didn't know. So they had about twenty guests there, and they were all surprised when uh, the bride comes down the stairs wearing her gown, and the groom takes her. And all of our uh, guests, all of our uh, customers that were that were in there, they were surprised what too. The they all got to witness. <laughs> yeah, it was great, and they all got to witness this this wedding, and uh, it was a really good time. And uh, they're great people, and they've been back a bunch of times since then. So. Wow. So who can you say was the person that helped drive your passion the most? The person that helped drive my passion. Okay. I've never been asked that question. The person who helped drive my passion the most. Apart from me? Yes. Apart from me, it would have to be my wife. Why? Because she didn't want me to do it in the house anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give to my listeners if they wanted to grow up and make their own beer? Um, start off as a home brewer. See if you um, actually like to do it. And if you do, do something else and make a lot of money before you decide to open up your brewery because you're not going to be doing it with a brewery. What was the best advice that you've ever received? The best advice would be to go bigger than you think you should. And who gave you that advice? It was somebody on a brewery forum that uh, the forum was all about, you know, starting your own brewery. And there were a bunch of people out there that said, it was more than one person, um, that said um, the biggest mistake they made was going too small too small of a brew system too small of a venue uh too small of an offering too small of a staff Mm. that sort of thing so go bigger than you think you need to go there go home that's right now what was the very first job that you've ever had the very first paying job i ever had was delivering flyers door to door in the middle of the desert what I grew up in the desert overseas, and there was a company that wanted to um, reach all the houses on our in our compound, and so they hired me and one of my friends to put these flyers. Uh, they were selling, I can't even remember what they were selling, but we'd have to put a flyer on these their doorstep and put a rock on the flyer because it was always windy and sand blowing yeah. and everything like that. Um, now, th- that sounds easy enough, but it's the middle of the desert. They're rocks, but they're not really big rocks. And the doorstep isn't what you would think of a normal doorstep here in the United States. They're basically these these uh, giant steel staircases. Okay. And it's 120 degrees out. The steel is in the, in the bright sun, so that's probably close to 150 degrees. And so we have to find a rock, put a piece of paper down, put the rock on the paper, and not scald ourselves on these uh, stairs while we're, while we're doing it. Jeez. So that was fun. Was there anything you learned from that job that helped you to be a better beer maker? Yes. Whatever you do, do it under air conditioning. Okay. Well, my message, do you want to tell children all over the world about doing the work that you do? Follow your passion. 
if uh, if you think you can't do it, you're probably right. So stop thinking that way. If you think you can do it, you're probably right. So do that. Okay. Now my dad said that you set your beer right next to Cecil's barbecue. Mm. I love Cecil's barbecue. Do you have lots of rules to follow because you make the beer yourself? Yes, there are a lot of rules. We deal with multiple government agencies. Each one of those has their own set of uh, rules and regulations that we have to follow uh, to uh, source the ingredients, uh, how to brew the beer, how to package it, how to serve it, who we can serve it to, when we can serve it. Uh, Tons of rules. Okay. Well, do you ever tell people to go to Cecil's Barbecue afterwards? I do not. Why? Because they can get Cecil's Barbecue right at Rock Pit. You don't have to get up off of your table. Higher price or same price? Same price. Okay. And there's stuff on our menu that they do for us that you can't get at Cecil's. Like the smoked butter wings and the tacos. Loaded tots. Oh, yeah. That'll be nice. Okay. Well, if you could go back 10 years and tell yourself something, what would it be? Uh, Go bigger and do it sooner. Okay. Now, what was the biggest mistake you ever made, and how did it change you as a person? Biggest mistake ever made in my entire life? Yep. (sighs) Not paying attention in class when I was in school. And it set me back. How did it change me? It set me back a long time, because had I paid attention, I believe that I could have gotten started and gone bigger a lot sooner. Okay. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Well, um, my work is fun. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, um, so we're, we're almost empty nesters. So my wife and I, um, we go to movies. We, when we go vacation, we go on cruises. We go down to the Dominican Republic. Um, I take naps when I can. Yeah. So do you play video games? And if you do, what's your favorite one? I don't anymore it's been a while um but i used to i was an avid video game player when i was younger uh when the atari i played uh, atari incessantly adventure was my my favorite one then when pc games came out uh i played uh, ultima 3 i lost a lot of sleep over that um and then when i had kids uh the uh, playstation and xbox and all that came out i was stunned at the level of complexity that video games have come out with. Um, So my 10-year-old son was into these really complicated games that I just, I mean, so many buttons, so many triggers on the the controller. So uh, he actually found one that he and I, that was my speed, that he and I could play. It was called Mech Assault. And it was basically you're in these you're in these Mechs. mechanized uh, war machines and you go battle each other and it was really basic and that was fun. Although um, I will also say that uh, Plants vs Zombies was a favorite yes, of mine yeah, as well. Yes, that, that that one was just fun. And then of course Angry Birds. I mean Angry Birds. Mm, Angry Birds yeah, Birds. Angry Birds was a very big classic. Yes. Now, which one's better, video games or board games? For me, right now it's board games. Ooh. Now, what's your board game? That's what I want. Well, uh, we were talking about this earlier. Does chess qualify? Yes. Then I would say chess. Okay. So, what's your favorite book to read? Anything by uh, science fiction writers, uh, Asimov, Tolkien, uh, Bradbury, those guys. I'm I'm reading right now um, the the Foundation series from Ooh. Isaac Asimov. Okay. So, can you tell me that one story 
You know, remember, this is a kid's show. Okay. That one story, <laughs> well, that you're not supposed to tell me about. Come oh. On. You can tell me. Uh, on a kid's show that I'm not supposed to tell you that I should tell you. Yes. you so, um, man, there's so many of them. Yeah. Well, it was uh, one time I snuck out when I wasn't supposed to. And we went to, and again, I'm living overseas, right? So we went to uh, to a downtown in the in the nearest city, and we didn't realize it, but we missed the last bus to get back home. So we had to do some very dangerous hitchhiking in a foreign country that was not very welcoming to foreign kids. And I made it back just in time for my dad to greet me at the door while he was getting ready for work. That was fun. Yes. Yes. Did Fred make it? He did. He, li- he lived right next door to me. And I think uh, we didn't see each other again for about three weeks. I think we were grounded for three weeks after that. <laughs> okay. Well, is there anything else you think my listeners should know about you? Well, um... I'm an introvert, but I'm in an extroverted business, and if you ever come by and see me, uh, pull me aside and we can talk about whatever you want to, and I will uh, hook you up with our latest beers and talk you through every one of them. Okay. So do you have a Facebook or website for my listeners I'm going to follow you? Absolutely. So our, our website's rockpitbrewing.com, and on Facebook, we're just Rock Pit Brewing. Okay. So what's the one question that you think I forgot to ask you? That you forgot to ask me? Yes. Hmm. What's my favorite beer? Well, what is your favorite beer? My favorite beer is a super bitter West Coast IPA. Ooh. I was going to say, like, is it an IPA? It is an IPA. Well, thank you, Sean, for being my special guest. Can you stick around for Math Corners? I would love to stick around for Math Corners. Tiberius's favorite subject, it's Math Corners! Thank you so much, Sean, for helping me with Math Corners. This week, we're going to do some more multi-step word problems. My dad's always good at finding new problems for me to solve. Today, we're going to talk about buying food. You're going to make me do math? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Sarah and Tom are on a date. Tom gets some pasta for $3.97, and Sarah gets a salad for $2.50. They each get a soda, which is $1.05. Tom only has $10 in his pocket, and the sales tax is 7%. How much change will he get? Well, first is a real world problem, because we do know that kids love to be on dates. And they do cost a lot of money, and there's always going to be tax. Yes. Like, in everything. So, to solve this issue, you have to first get the total of the bill. So, you start with the soda, because I got two of them, which is... 1.05 times 2, which is $2.10, and then you add the three ninety seven and the two fifty, and then you get the eight fifty seven. So, looks good. Looks like you'll have enough. Now you have to times that by .07 for the percent tax, because Uncle Sam always gets his cut. Yep. So, don't forget the decimal points, and you get $0.60. Cents. Then you add the $0.60 cents to the $8.57, and you get $9.17. It's a lot of math for a simple date. <laughs> And, well, you subtract that 917 from 10, and you get that, and then you have to get 
83 cents change. So, Sean, do you think leaving the house with only 10 hours before a date is a smart idea? No, it's a terrible idea. Bring 100, right? At least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> now, Sean, my teacher said that I would use math every day. Do you use math in your work? All the time. Even the stuff that we used to joke and say, I'll never use that when I grow up. I use algebra all the time. I'm learning algebra. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for your help with Math Corners. You're very welcome. And now it's time for the Heart of a Lion. As you know, we talk about the qualities of living by the Heart of a Lion which stands for leadership, integrity, obedience, and nobility. This week, we're going to talk about nobility. For me, I think nobility is remembering we are God's special possessions in acting in a noble way, showing courage and honor. The qualities of nobility are goodness, virtue, honor, generosity, and selflessness. So my mom and dad are divorced, so they share their time with me. Each parent gets so much time each week. This is smart because I get to spend time with both parents, just at separate times. Well, this week, my mom told me on the phone that she was missing me, and I had, you know, been with my dad a lot because of work. She had some time off, but it was my dad's day to be with me. And my dad said I could have a day with my mom if I wanted instead. I know he always wanted to spend time with me, so it was very selfless to give up his time so I can spend some extra time with my mom. And, well, selflessness is a pretty good example of nobility. Just don't tell my dad that. I don't want to give him a big head. So, Sean, did you see your use nobility at all this week? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Um, I'd like to think that I'm pretty selfless when it comes to um, doing things for other people. Um, I like to put others first, and I think that is uh, you know, a pretty decent quality of mine. And uh, this week, uh, I had an opportunity to do that uh, quite often, actually, with uh, a lot of the people in our uh in our line of work, you know, sometimes they come in and they, um, they're not always in the best mood or they're coming to, you know, yeah. you know drink their sorrows away or whatever, mm. but, uh, that's not the goal of what rock pit is. Right. Yeah. So, um, I've got a lot of, nice, yep. Right? But you know, every day I've got a lot of stuff to do, but sometimes, uh, it's important to just, you know, take some time and sit with somebody and listen to what they have to say and figure out what's bothering them and help them talk through it. And uh, even if that means that some of the tasks don't get done or don't get done till later, uh, it's more important to be there for uh, our fellow man. Person, yeah. yep. Of all of the heart of a lion virtues, which is the one that you see the most? In my line of work, I think it would be leadership. Um, I deal a lot with um, the customers. I have to you know, be a leader of our team. But also our staff, they, they're leaders uh, themselves. They, they need to take control of situations. And when I'm not there, they need to step up and be... Uh, they need to act as the owner when, when I'm not there. Yeah. Well, we should always try to be lion strong in everything we do, shouldn't we? Absolutely. I like that a lot, actually. And that's our show, folks. I want to thank the one, the only, the amazing Sean Burke for being on my show. It has been so much entangled today. I think we can learn a lot about making beer and developing the conversation with our parents about drinking and dealing with adult situations. We sure did. Mm-hmm. Well, do you mind giving your social media and website again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash rockpitbrewing. Our website is rockpitbrewing.com. 
And parents, you can bring your families to uh, our location at 10 West Ileana Street, downtown Orlando, just right behind uh, Cecil's Barbecue. Uh, we got plenty of beer and wine and cider for you to drink and soft drinks for the kids. Okay. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Tiberius Show. And please be sure to visit The Tiberius Show on YouTube and subscribe. Also, be sure to us next week on The Tiberius Show. Your host, Tiberius Bo.